Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan? Right now, plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. Hi, this is Mark from Mark on Money. And you know the old saying about making assumptions. Well, when it comes to retirement, there are many assumptions folks make that can be incredible de incredibly detrimental and difficult to recover from. So on today's show, we're going to cover some assumptions on how to avoid them on your journey to and through retirement and some other tips, of course, because we always give some other tips. And so now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Geals. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Welcome in, everyone. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels, of course. Mark, certified financial planner, helping folks for more than 30 years. Uh, EFS, the number four, the letter U.com is the website. Um, and so we're going to talk about assumptions today, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very, very well, thanks. I like this because we all know about assumptions, right? We... <laughs> So there's there's any number of ways that you can say it, but I thought perhaps we could just uh, call on uh, Tony Randall from The Old Odd Couple. Let's see what he says about assumptions. Ah, now think hard. Your answer is very important. Well, not exactly. You hear? You hear? Not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, I mean I just assumed that this man... Did, did you say you assumed? Yes. Your Honor, may defense counsel use that blackboard? Yes. You should never assume... Because when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. Well, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> We've heard that for years, haven't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, assumptions are, you know, all over the place in the financial world. You know, there's, there's rules of thumbs, there's assumptions, there's, you know, this is what my brother-in-law told me to do, you know. <laughs> Um, and we've talked about them before on today's show, you know, and one assumption is, is you won't be working past age 65 and, you know, each and every situation is different. You know, that's what I say. Sure. Folks, at, folks retire at different ages, times and capacities. However, one blanket assumption many folks have 
involves assuming you will cross a medical, metaphorical finish line at the age of 65. In other words, people say, well, I'm going to retire when I'm 65. And it's like, well, why 65? I, I don't understand that, that number. It never did make sense to me. You know, I think it's just kind of something that people assume you're going to retire at 65 because that's when Medicare starts, and 65 is just a number. You know, it's not a finish line. It has nothing to do with retiring or, you know, getting to that place and then you're done. Now, if you look at folks born before 1960 or folks born 1960 or later, I mean, okay, the full retirement age for Social Security is now 67. You know, it used to be Medicare and and, and Social Security used to be the same at 65. So why isn't people saying, well, I'm going to retire when I'm 67 now, which is full Social Security retirement. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So the takeaway is the timing of your retirement does not need to meet any societal standards or old rules of thumb. The timing of your retirement should be based on what is best for you. And if my favorite is if the math works. So that's the key. Well, again, and, to me, the key then is to is to sit down with you and go through this plan, go through what what's there, what have you got, how can we make it work, how can we make this uh, the best retirement for you? Yeah, and the scariest thing is is giving up a well paying job and just not doing anything anymore. Um, even when the math does work, it's very hard to do that. And so I understand that because I've seen it happen many, many times where people are like, yeah, I don't know. I think I might just work another year. You know, the economy seems like it's not really doing that well. My investments, you know, aren't worth what they used to be worth or, or, you know, another one is, you know, I, I'll just wait until my investments get back to where they were before and then I'll retire. And then when they get to where they were before, it's like, well, I just want them to get a little bit higher and, you know, there's always something that comes into play. So retire on your terms, not be forced to retire because something eventually will force you to make that decision. And you want to make that decision on your terms. You don't want to have to make a decision because it's stressful and you shouldn't have to do that. A good plan that is set up, you know, can alleviate those concerns, those worries, you know, maybe keeping you up at night. And so again, if you work out the math and, and so he, an interesting story was I was at a, uh, an income conference. This was a, a few years ago in Boston. I was one of the speakers that was there, um, with David Machia. And, uh, David is one of the pioneers of the time segmented distribution strategy that now, uh, is becoming more of the the I don't know what you want to call it the the what standard should, yeah more of the standard uh, for people that understand it and for people that can implement it. Well, time segmented distribution is simply taking the amount of money that you have, incorporating into that pensions or rental income, social security, and other sources of income that you may have in retirement and then your assets and splitting them into different buckets. So typically you would look at a 20 
five-year distribution time-segmented strategy containing five buckets and a legacy bucket. So buckets one and two and three and four and five are five-year segments. So bucket number one, you put X amount of dollars into it and you pull money out of it over the next five years. Bucket number two then sits there and grows and after five years you pull money out of it with the key being that buckets one and two are guaranteed buckets. In other words, you're not supposed to take any risk with buckets number one and two. And the reason for that is simply because of emotional psychology. That's the key so that when you enter into retirement, you're not drawing on anything that can lose money and you leave your longer buckets in place to earn market returns. And as you move out onto the time spectrum, the last bucket is the most aggressive, and it is your 20-year bucket of money. And so you don't have to worry about 20-year money when you're one year into retirement because it's 20 years down the road. Right. And so if it loses 20, 30, 40% of its value because of a market sell-off, you don't have to worry about it. And so that's time-segmented distribution. And so at this conference, the uh, one of the... One of the one of the speakers that was there was the owner of a number of bank branches, right? Okay. And so they had a they had you know investment people in each one. Of, no, they didn't have investment people in each one of their banks. They had presidents of each one of, of their banks. And what he said was the problem was he says once he implemented this in their different branches in their wealth management divisions in the branches, the presidents of each bank took their own numbers and ran the numbers through the system and three out of the five branches that he had, they retired because they didn't know before that time if they could. But once they saw that the math worked, three out of the five quit and said, hey, look it, here's, a, here's something now that I can plug my numbers into. It shows me how I can retire and what I need to have in investments and how much money I can spend off of those investments over my retirement and three out of the five quit. So he said it was kind of a, a he, was, he said it's kind of a victim of his own success in bringing that to th his wealth management department that over half of his leadership, at least his presidents, walked off the job. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, but again, I understand it makes sense because yeah, the math and, worked. Yeah, and we have actually the same experience when we meet with uh, our clients in sitting down with them and going over their investments, their income, and their structure uh, and showing them that plan and how it works. And it's like a light bulb goes off and they can see, you know, they, they see the finish line. They see that, hey, I'm either there or I'm going to be there. And this is, this is you know, I, I've won the race. So that is, you know, something about assuming that you have to work to a certain age because it's all about my favorite four-letter word, which is math. Math. All right. That's yep. your, four, your favorite four-letter yep. word. Okay. And you have to, if you have to assume that you have to work to a certain time, then I guess I'll leave it to the audio clip that we played and you can assume what you are by not doing the math <laughs> right yep well one of the other problems or one of the other concerns of course is how long we are living these days and i think that's one one of the reasons why some of us are working longer because we feel good because we're healthy and we like it um and but at the same time 
you know, we've got to we've got to still put a plan together. Well, I think it comes back to, I think, just misinformation and and not interpreting the data correctly of what you hear, because what you hear isn't necessarily what it means to you. And so you talk about life expectancy of being 77, you know, 78, 76, I don't know what it is. Um, but that number is life expectancy from birth. And when you are a year older, your life expectancy is already more than what it is than when you were born because you've already lived a year. And so when you bring that out to age 65 and you look at, well, what is life expectancy once you already have made it to age 65? Because there's a lot of things that could have killed you before that time, right? Right. So with all that being said, you know, people turning age 65, a male today can expect to live on average until 84.3, to be exact, according to statistics. Mm -hmm. A woman turning age 65 today can live on average until 86.6, so a little over two years longer. Now, here's another thing that the numbers don't tell you, and that is if you look at the studies that people that have wealth— and wealth in this country is just simply not just living on Social Security. So if you have any kind of money, the more money you have, the longer your life expectancy. Well, I wouldn't say the more money you have because I suppose there's a limit. But if you have wealth, you're fluent, you know, not rich. You just, you know, are a good upper middle class, you know, person. And you're expected to live two years longer than Persons that don't have that. And and the reason is, is probably because you eat better, you get better medical care, you take, you, you know, have money to take care of yourself um, and do things that people that don't have that money ha can't make those those decisions. So two years longer. So let's say we add two years to that. Well, now a 65-year-old woman who's has money, 86 um, or 88 almost 90, and a man, 86. So mm. now 86 to 90. And then 25% of 65-year-olds will live past the age of 90, and 1 out of 10 will live past the age of 95. So a lot of people look at oh, their family history. Oh, my dad died when he was 72, or I haven't had any you know, relatives that have lived, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's a poor assumption to make because... What happens if you plan your income to only live to be 78, you know, or only to age 80 when your average is actually well past that by a number of years? Well, that's that's not a good plan because being old is tough enough. Being yeah. old and broke is not even fun. Not a, not the first minute of that is fun. And no, <laughs> no. So the takeaway is that retirement is lasting longer than ever for folks. And this means that preparing a comprehensive plan that involves options for maybe guaranteed income in some fashion, anticipating higher costs like medical expenses. And, you know, what I think is best is the time segmented distribution strategy, whereas you do retire at, you know, 65, you still have that 85-year bucket that's setting there to pay money out from age 85 to 90, and then you have the 
legacy bucket that if you do live to be 90 years old, you still have money left over to fund that next period of time. And you you don't run out of money when you set aside future money by yourself. You know, I've explained that to somebody as, look, if you set aside a bucket of money, says, I'm not touching this money until I'm 90 years old, is the money still going to be there at age 90? Well, of course it is. Uh, what's it going to be worth? Well, we can make some um, projections on you know what we think, depending upon how that money is invested, and have a range of of dollars that are there, from maybe worst case scenario to best case scenario to, you know, oh my goodness, I bought Nvidia and it went up thousand percent, and now I have so much money I don't know what to do with it scenario. Um, but you you uh, you can put those buckets into place, and then if you do you know, live to be 90, 95, you still have assets in those buckets to help with your expenses. And everything else, all those previous buckets, you can spend it all because you've already set money aside for your future self. What so a great simple. way to do that, yeah. Yeah, so it's simple. It's all about math. I always tell people, look, this is, you know, putting the numbers into the plan is really the simple part. Now, managing it and investing into all those different segments, that takes art. And that takes experience of what do you use in bucket one, two, three, four, five? What do you use in those legacy? Um, what do you use in the legacy asset buckets and so forth and so on? And and then how do you manage distributions from non-qualified accounts, from IRA accounts, from Roth accounts? You know, when do you claim Social Security? When do you claim pensions if you have them? Um, all of those different things. Do you set aside separate buckets for medical expenses or do you incorporate it into your normal bucket? That's the art part that comes in that, you know, I've done enough that I know what works, what doesn't work, what, what you know, what's, you know, well thought out and what isn't well thought out. Right. So... Um, so where are we at? Kind well, of lost track here. So we're, All right, assumptions. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about uh, how much money you'll spend and uh, how fast you'll spend your money in retirement. And I think we just assume that we're going to have, uh, and again, an assumption, it's just assuming that we will have enough money. But it doesn't happen by accident. Right. The, the industry's favorite rule of thumb for spending in retirement became the 4% rule um, for years, this four percent right. rule made you know involved making systematic regular withdrawals from retirement accounts, you know putting your money basically into one bucket and just withdrawing from it. The problem with that is that it doesn't really take into account huge unexpected expenses. It doesn't take into account inflation. It doesn't take into account you know big stock market declines. And the the problem with the four percent rule is I think the 4% rule works but it doesn't it has some flaws in that what we see is that if you follow the 4% rule and it works you wind up with more money than what you should when you're in your 80s or 90s and the only person that wins is the investment company managing your money because you wind up with more money than what you started with a good plan spends your last penny on your last day. That is a good retirement plan. And the only way really to do that is to, to have time-segmented distribution buckets so that you spend everything. And 
you can spend more than 4% without worrying about having to run out of money. You could spend twice that amount in the beginning years of your retirement and still have money to meet your needs later on, no matter the amount of money that you start with in the beginning. And the reason for that is, is my favorite four-letter word, which is what? It's math. Math. Oh, math. 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 Oh, I got other people that say it's plan. Sorry, man. Plan. Yeah, it's, it's math that makes the plan, right? You right. can't have a plan without math. Nope. Anyway, but it's math because if you, you know, populate your, your individual buckets of money, during your go-go years of retirement, you can spend more than 4%. You know, and that means that you can spend maybe 5%, 6%, 7%, because as long as you put the proper dollar amounts in the future buckets that meet the m amount of money you want to spend when you're 80 or when you're 75 or when you're 85 or whatever, you know, it'll all work out. You know, you just have to look at the math. And one fact that's been done in various studies is that people spend less money as they get older. So if you start spending out, if you start spending X and plan on spending the same amount of money all the way through your retirement, it's probably not going to happen. You're going to spend less money as you get older because of just um, who, we, who you are, you know, yeah. and, you know, you go through your various stages of retirement, you know, your go-go years, your slow-go years, and your no-go years, and everybody knows people that are elderly. I'll let you define what elderly is, but they don't spend as much money. You know, you're, you know, my mom who's, you know, 80 some years old, she doesn't spend as much money as when they were originally retired and traveling and doing all these things. Um, she just doesn't do those things anymore. Um, doesn't, you know, spend as much on, on, you know, travel and doesn't spend as much maybe on, on, you know, going out to eat, you know, because he just, just stays home more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you spend less money as you go through retirement. So the takeaway is is that rather, th rather than using a general rule of thumb, you know, create a customized comprehensive plan that incorporates a budget and planning for spending in retirement, you know, that takes into account, you know, how do you fund long-term care? How do you spend... A how do you fund out-of-pocket medical expenses? How do you fund those those large expenses of maybe remodeling the house or doing those things? Those can all be taken into account in a well thought out plan where you where you're setting aside those dollars because you don't want to be borrowing money in retirement for those things. You don't want to be borrowing money for vehicles. You want to be paying cash for everything, and hopefully you're entering retirement without any debt. You know, so all those things can be kind of put together in one big plan. Right. Well, and again, no plan. Debt. There you uh, go. There's the plan. And uh, then that's the math. Um, right. But uh, one of the other things about the math is uh, we have to incorporate taxes because we may not have as much as we thought. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? You know, so and again, that goes back to how do you withdraw money? You know, where do you take money from? And you know, we've really gotten a gift, I think, in the SECURE Act 2.0 in pushing back those required minimum distribution ages to 73 and beyond. 
because that gives us more time to plan and use math to figure out what do we do now in order to pay less taxes in the future. And we've got a couple years left. You know, we've got 23 yet, 24 and 25. And then in 26, everything reverts back to 2017 tax levels. So taxes are going to go up substantially in 2026 because all of the current tax rules sunset at the end of 2025. That's federal estate taxes. That's income taxes. That's everything that had to do with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act automatically disappears in 2025, and they're going to have to rewrite all of the tax legislation. Oh, my goodness, Steve. Ugh. Can you imagine? Oh, that sounds like a nightmare 2025? waiting to happen. Geez, what is Congress going to look like? Well, let's see. 2024. So whoever we elect in 2024, right, yep. is going to have to uh, rewrite the uh, the tax laws. Or just let them, uh, let them ride. Well, let them all go back to 2017. Or let them just keep going the way they are. Well, I suppose they could they could just, you know, pass legislation that extends it. Sure. But, but that probably won't that ever happen? happen. I don't think it does. <laughs> so, yeah, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was passed, you know, the end of December, you know, right at the end of the year. What a nightmare that was, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of, I never really thought about that, but that's fast approaching. Yeah, faster than we like to think, I think, sometimes. So tax planning is important, and you can't assume that taxes are going to stay the way they are because they change, you know, every year. I mean, taxes get adjusted on CPI or, I don't know, some some magic formula, I think, that adjusts them, usually not to our benefit, it seems Usually, like. yes. Yep. And so, again, so let's just summarize this, that you can't use, um, yeah, one size fit all assumptions, you know. Right, they just, you can't. You just can't. Um, and you're an individual, so what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for the next person. You know, there are no cookie cutter retirement plans where one plan fits more than one person. I've never seen two plans that are the same yet. Well, you know, and, I've been and doing after, this for thirty years. Yeah, I was going to say after thirty years, you've never had two of the same. I think that bodes well for you. Certainly, it bodes well for us. Because my plan's going to be for me, not anyone else. Yeah, and so how do you how do you plan for that? Well, I think it's again um, taking the time um, to do it, and and it's not it's and I think it's small pieces. I mean, my most successful retirees are the ones that we took time to do the planning for. We did it prior to retirement, so we had a nice long runway you know, to plan for, and and then we continued that plan and reviewing it and being like, well, okay, we put the plan in place. You know, what does the math tell us where we're at in that plan? You know, are we are we where we expected to be? Are we not? What changes are happening? And, and of course, people's perspectives and people's outlook changes, people's situation changes because of um, different things. And so plans need to be able to be changed and adjusted as well. So that's something, too, to take into account. Flexible. That's really a key word in, in retirement planning, isn't it? To be flexible. Yeah, to be flexible. But it all works out, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it when a plan comes together, like uh, 
the A-team, right? Right. Well, and again, if you want your plan to come together, I would say reach out to Mark. You can you can connect with him right on the website, EFS, the number four, the letter U.com, EFS4U.com, or you can call him direct, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651. Just give Mark a call or a reach out on the website, and, uh, you know, you'll be happy to sit down with him, right? Absolutely. And the beauty you know, and, is, and the beauty is, is when they come in and sit down, you know, it's a local thing, right? I mean, you're right there. We're not yeah, talking we're right about here. Yeah. But remember, I'm licensed in over 30 states in the United States. Okay. So um, I've got clients all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, so and uh, visit with them on a very frequent basis, you know, and and. You know, one thing that was positive of COVID was I think it, it put everybody into the the mode where we can visit with them uh, remotely. We can do things remotely. Technology is amazing. Um, you know, if you wanted to invest $100,000 and you were on the beach, um, I could literally do it in probably 30 minutes um, just simply over your phone without ever seeing you, without ever writing a check, without ever having any paper um, and, and me i'm just sipping a cocktail on the beach yep <laughs> yep yep so anyway have a great um have a great rest of your day and uh tune in again to our next show Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.